What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Blazing Defender Report. I got a pretty cool show for you, I think. Um, I'm going to be talking about my first impressions of Terminator Dark Fate. Um, I know there's been some kind of bad reviews going on about it. I kind of want to give you my thoughts on that. I've just seen it today. Spoiler free, of course. Uh, I'm going to be talking about the Freddie Prince Jr. Star Wars rant. Um, yeah, you're just going to have to check out what I, what I think about what he said. Uh, comic books that I have on review for the day. Man, got some good ones, guys. Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one by Philip Kennedy Johnson and uh, Leonard Kirk. I've got this Deceased number six by Tom Taylor. I'm going to be reviewing Basket Full of Heads number one by Joe Hill. I've uh, been looking forward to, uh, to reading that for a long time. Excalibur number one coming off that hot house of x and powers of x series by jonathan hickman the last god again by philip kennedy johnson and uh, something totally out of the blue for me by vault comics money shot number one guys you're going to want to check out these reviews follow me on anchor and check out the live show on twitch man be my second co-host join the live chat i love it when you guys join the chat it gives me something to do <laughs> all right guys i hope you enjoy the show peace and now for your listening pleasure the blazing defender report with your host travis Joe. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to the Blazing Defender Report, episode 106. Day after Halloween, the world's most okayest DM. Very, very, very cool. What's up, brother? How you doing, Dennis? Glad you could finally come to the opening of the report. Uh, lucky you, right? Friday night, you've got nothing else better to do than watch me talk about bullshit. Now, glad you're here, man. There'll be some more people, I'm sure, late. There he is, LMC for life. What's up, Brian? How you doing today? How's everybody doing, man? Hey, dude, I got a bowl full of fucking candy over here, man. I don't even want this shit. I was handfuls in kids' bags. I had like 10 trick-or-treaters here, man. It was Bullshit. We used to get ransacked. And I, well, the weather was shitty here, too. Maybe that's part of it. I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, we had uh, not not many trick-or-treaters. Didn't have many last year, either. It was kind of fucked up, I guess. But I got a shit ton of candy, man. I wish I could give it to you guys. Every time you asked a, a question, uh, I would give it to you. Um, not a good question, mind you. Just a question, because I don't want to make it tough on you. No, love the chat, man. You guys are awesome. Uh, the world's most okay DM says they canceled Halloween here because it was a river running through town. <laughs> what the fuck? Where do you live, man? Like Mayberry? Well, you have like a river running through your town. Uh, that's fucking awful. Um, yeah, Neil Brandon, what's up, brother? Hey, man, glad you can make it in. Glad you can make it into the chat, man. Love it, man. Love it when you guys are in the fucking chat. You're fucking. You guys are awesome. Uh, yeah, so day after Halloween, uh, Halloween was kind of a bust here. Um, you know, I didn't see any really cool costumes. Seen some great costumes on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I had to work our Halloween party, the big Halloween party we have every year. Uh, did not get to dress up this year. I'm totally bummed out about it, but I might have to cosplay somewhere along the line. Uh, yeah, they moved Halloween to Saturday, New Jersey. Don't ask how I know. Okay, I won't. <laughs> 
Uh, but that's random, and I, I don't really understand the movie. You know, they moved it here a couple years ago. I, I didn't get it. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of weird, but enough of that shit. Hey, guys, um, I got some big announcements to make. Oh, if you have not hit the subscribe button, which it looks like some of you did tonight, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Um, if you, if you don't want to subscribe, hit the follow button. That way you'll get a notification every time I go live. Still working on, uh, uh, subscription only content. Uh, not really sure what I want to do. I've got some ideas. Uh, I need to kind of, uh, kick it around with my team. Yes, I have a team. Um, they're pretty good at this shit actually too. Uh, one of them's in the chat. I'm not going to say who it is. Um, but yeah, I'm going to kick it over with them. I, I want to get some uh, subscription only content to you guys because uh, you're paying for it and you deserve it by God. Uh, still be doing the show live for, uh, for free always. That's never going to change, but it does help me out when you hit the subscribe button. Um, and just hit the follow button. That way you, you know, when I go live, got a big, big, big announcement to make guys. This is pretty, pretty huge. Um, Philip Kennedy Johnson, who has been doing writing comic books for, for several years now. He's been mainly with Boom Comics, which is a very, very small publisher. Warlords of the Appalachia, which I know you've heard me guys talk about on the show, was a fantastic comic that did not get its just due. Uh, he, Philip Kennedy Johnson is going to be on the Blazing Defender Report on December 9th. Uh, it is a Saturday. It's going to be around 6 o'clock. I'm not really sure about the time. Uh, he is super, super busy because the cat is blown the fuck up. I'm going to be talking about two of his comic books that came out this week. Uh, he's doing stuff for Marvel and DC right now. So uh, it, it's really, this, this guy is super talented and fucking uber cool. You guys are going to love him, I promise. I wouldn't have him on the show if I didn't think he would be a hit with you guys. And uh, I know you're going to fucking dig him. So super pumped about that. I'm going to be putting out a lot of stuff starting Monday uh, promoting the show. So if you could share it with people that you think might like the show, uh, please do that. So Philip Kennedy Johnson going to be live right fucking here on Twitch on the Blazing Defender Report. Super pumped about that. Um, oh, you ask where I get this cool mug at, right? Well, this is a, a Yeti, I guess. I guess it is. Yeah, it says it on top. That is a Blazing Defender Report sticker that you can get from uh, Shirt Public. Shirt Public? T Public? T Public. T Public.com. Uh, go there, get the sticker. I think they're just a couple bucks. Um, yeah, check it out. But uh, you can put these fucking things on anything. I've got them on all kinds of shit. So anyway, went and seen Terminator today, Dark Fate. Now, uh, even on the live video I posted, I do immediate impressions at, as soon as I leave the movie theater. So it's fresh on my mind. And I didn't have time really to think about it. Just just what what I'm thinking about as I exit the movie theater to you guys. And there was already a guy on there who said, well, my brother said it sucked. Well, okay. Um, that's his opinion. It's a long way from suck in my book. Uh, it did not suck for me. I thought the action scenes were the best action scenes we've seen in a Terminator movie. Any of them. And that counts T2. Uh, they do a lot of things that we've never seen before in a Terminator movie. Um, now, you're still talking about time travel. You're still... You've got uh, changing things in the past and, and this, that, and the other so does someone does someone subscribe or someone follow? For you guys listening on iTunes or, or Anchor, 
my my stream makes a noise every time someone uh, subscribes or follows and everything. So that's that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So thank you, uh, whoever did that. It doesn't say. Why doesn't it say in my chat? Come on, chat, catch up. So anyway, um, yeah. So they did a lot of things in this Terminator movie that you haven't seen before. I thought the action was just utterly fantastic. Like I really, really, really dug the action. Um, and it, the the main girl, I, I believe her name's uh, Gina something. Her, she plays Grace in the movie. I don't know how big this chick is, but she's huge. And she's extremely tall, extremely gorgeous, extremely ripped. Uh, she is a type of Terminator come from the pack. Well, she's not really a Terminator. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything for you guys. Just go see the movie. But she's fantastic. Arnold still carries this movie. He is still the heart and soul of this movie, even though he's, his screen time is limited. Uh, but he's excellent in it, as usual. Now, Tim Miller, which is the director of Deadpool, um, and uh, the last uh, uh, Road Warrior movie, I think it was uh, Fury Road or something like that, um, he did direct this movie. It's it, it the things Tim Miller does well, he does great. The action sequences and stuff. Uh, there are some story bits that I did like. Uh, they do try to change the story up a little bit, but they're still operating from this protect the future by saving this one person. The Terminators are coming back to kill this person. So the formula is still pretty much the same. Um, it lacks. A create. I don't want to say creativity. Um, it, it, it lacks a little bit of heart. It lacks some originality. Um, and I do see where they try to change things and make it different from past Terminator movies. Uh, bottom line is, I enjoyed it. I love the action. I love uh, every Linda Hamilton's portrayal was really good, even though sometimes a little forced. Um, she is a badass chick. And, uh, yes, yes, Linda Hamilton is still a badass. And even the buddy that I went with was like, dude, Linda Hamilton, like, she looks great. Like, she's older, right? And sometimes women don't carry their age as well as men sometimes. But, yeah, she looks great. She looks in great shape. She is a total fucking badass in this movie. Um, And I really like how they took elements of one and brought them into this movie. And what I mean by that, again, no spoilers, but some things that James Cameron laid down as canon, which is funny because we're going to talk about George Lucas's canon here in just a second. Um, it was it, they brought them back to uh, help tie up plot threads and and why certain characters are acting the way they are. So uh, kudos to Tim Miller. They did a a very very satisfactory Terminator movie. Is this the best Terminator movie in the series? Um, two's still really hard to beat for me. One's always classic, of course. But I don't know if it... it you know, it's third. It's fucking third. Um, but the, the action is well worth a matinee price. Go see it. Make up your own mind. Uh, but I did like it. Again, a long way from it sucked for me. Um, all right, really, really quick. I just want to talk about this because a lot of people have been asking me. Uh, D.B. Weiss and uh, David Benioff, the showrunners and writers for Game of Thrones, who were going to be working on the next Star Wars trilogy, are off. They're off it now. Now, they're off mainly because, and I do, I hope, I do think this is true, they're mainly off due to the fact that they have signed a huge deal with Netflix. 
Um, and they just didn't have time. And, and they and they said to give the Star Wars fans what they wanted, we weren't going to be able to. We, we were going to stretch ourselves too thin. And I think Netflix is paying them a shit ton more money, honestly. So uh, not that they wouldn't have made more money with Disney, but I think they decided to go that way. Now, there are a lot of speculations and rumors that they were bounced off of it because of an Austin film festival they were just recently at. Now, you know they didn't go to Hall H at Comic-Con this year. Fans were fucking pissed about this because they wanted answers on why Game of Thrones last season sucked so bad. Okay? So, they wanted them to basically stand trial. And Benioff and Weiss said, nah, we're skipping it this year. Sorry, go fuck yourself. Okay? And... Fans basically had to go fuck themselves because they didn't show up. So I'm sure some of these fans did for the Austin Film Festival when they found out they were going to be there. And you've got to watch the Nerdist video on it and and what the, the questions that they answered regarding Game of Thrones. It's really amazing that that series turned out as well as it did, apparently. And I have always kind of defended these guys um, I loved Game of Thrones. The last season was totally fucking rushed. Uh, I, I, and I thought they wanted to rush it to get it over with so they could go start working on their Disney projects. But obviously that wasn't true because they're not with Disney anymore. Maybe it still was true. Who knows? The, we all know that that last season was fucking rushed. Like it, love it, hate it. It was rushed. Um, so the reasons that they gave... It's 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 mind blowing. You guys just have to watch the video. This show, Game of Thrones, was good in spite of those two guys. So I'm not. I'm actually really kind of happy that they are not going to be a part of the Star Wars universe going forward. I, I, I'm I'm kind of glad about that. Um, you just have to read the article. I'm sure it's it's all over the internet. Um, this light that's coming across my face that is not me like materializing in and out that is like light from a blind i've never had this problem before i don't know what's going on with it it's driving me nuts i'm looking and there's like ah, ha, ha, light in my mouth and shit and a must i got a mustache light look what oh i got a mustache look, made a light that's cool no no it's not mustaches are never cool i don't give a fuck who wears unless you're tom Selleck. it's not cool to wear a mustache okay so uh, so they're off the project. For whatever reason it is, we're going to have new showrunners uh, for the next uh, Star Wars. Now, my theory is it has something to do with Kevin Feige wanting to do a Star Wars movie or project, whatever it is. So um, I'm thinking that Kevin Feige, they want to, whatever Kevin Feige touches, they want to push that to the forefront Benioff Weiss, you guys you hit the road. Kevin Feige is going to be doing this next Star Wars project. So uh, that's my kind of theory, but who, who the fuck knows? Um, so, all right, speaking of that, um, I've been watching The Watchmen just because people have been asking me about that. Loving it, loving it, loving it, loving it. Uh, the detail that they are putting in these episodes is so crazy. The Tulsa riots... The, the 21 Tulsa riots uh, from the from the propaganda that the Nazi Germans um, were giving the the black soldiers in in, uh, in World War Two or I'm sorry World War One it is it's 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 un, unfathomable like it, every scene you can put you can grab something out and it's actually historically correct which is really 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 cool um, now the big thing for us comic lovers 
is we do have confirmation that Marionette and Mime from the Doomsday Clock series are going to appear on the Watchmen miniseries. That in itself is worth a watch. Okay? Now, I have heard heard your your fan I've heard you guys telling me. I didn't read the comic. I have no idea what's going on. Stay with it. There I get it. You know, there are some aspects of the comic that, you know, if you didn't read the comic, you probably wouldn't know like what why is it raining squids? Do you think the government's doing that or you know what I mean? Um, if you don't, if you didn't read the comic, just stay with it. I I do believe that they're still creating a show that anybody can watch and follow along what's going on. Um, as far as the main story goes now, if you're really loving this story and you want to dive further in, go read the fucking graphic novel, man. It's, it's, it's part of comic history. And if you're watching this show and you haven't read it, you probably really should. Um, because it is, it is really, really good. Uh, now is it one of the greatest graphic models, novels of all time for, for its time? It may have been, um, spangled man. Um, yeah, I guess someone else followed. Uh, that's cool. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, so, uh, Dennis says it's too slow for me. What the fuck? Are you watching it? I mean, how's it slow? The opening scene is amazing like the first episode the opening scene it's like this fucking kid is he going to make it and then who is this kid and then the not no the novel okay got you got you okay he says the novel um i can understand that i can i can get i can get with that a little bit um yeah it's it's not your typical you know these guys don't have superpowers other than manhattan so, yeah, there's not a lot of that. They're just kind of people, some vigilantes dressed up as costumes. It's actually kind of goofy if you try to explain it to people. But it is really good if you can get through it. But I totally understand it being a little too slow. Uh, Mandalorian's coming out really soon, uh, November 12th, I believe. I am pre-subscribed. Um, there is also, uh, they are not dropping, people have been asking me, are they dropping it like Netflix does, all 10 episodes, 12 episodes, whatever, in one shot. No, they are not. They are doing what DC Streaming is doing, and they're going to be coming out with an episode once a week. So I will be doing a show, a Star Wars Mandalorian show, uh, with a co-host uh, yet to be named. I don't know who it's going to be yet, uh, but I am going to be doing a show with somebody. Uh, and we're going to recap and talk about each episode of The Mandalorian. Now, trans- transferring, or uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, transitioning in from The Mandalorian to Eddie, or Freddie, Eddie, ha! Freddie Prince Jr.'s rant, his Star Wars rant. It's went viral. Um, <laughs> who who knew? Who knew Freddie Prince Jr. was going to have a video go viral? Um, hold on, because... This, it's about to get real up in here. Ah, thank you very much. Okay. He ta- he's going on a rant about toxic Star Wars fans. Okay. I have I will not argue one bit with him about Star Wars fans being toxic. He apparently, which I did not know this, was in the cartoon. He was in Rebels, I believe. Okay. He was a voice in the Rebels. Great. He knows the guy that knows the guy that knows the guy that knows the guy that knows George Lucas. It's closer than that, but you get what I'm saying. 
And this guy learned Star Wars from George Lucas. So this guy, Paul, something or another, the creator of Rebels, the the Star Wars cartoon, uh, basically imparts his Star Wars wisdom on Freddie Prince Jr. So and what, what upset me about this is Freddie Prince Jr., I get it. Uh, and I do, I do, I do feel like he's a fan, but um, he he takes none of the Star Wars extended universe to account for anything. Now, should he? I'm not. I'm not saying he should or he shouldn't. What I'm saying is, is he's talking about toxic fans getting pissed off about how shitty these movies are, and he's telling us to grow the fuck up. These movies are for kids. I never seen a fucking kid pull his wallet out and pay twelve dollars for a fucking movie. Never seen that. Now, Freddie Prince Jr.'s kid probably does because he did a movie somewhere sometime that probably made a dime or two. Okay? So, Freddie Prince Jr.'s kids probably do, but most fucking kids don't. Their parents go. And Star Wars has basically uh, transcended age and race. Uh, and even now, gender, okay? He keeps saying the prequels are for kids. The, the first trilogy was for kids. The new ones are for kids. Uh, I disagree. I totally disagree with that. If they were, they wouldn't make the fucking money that they do. Now, do, do parents take their kids? Of course. But how many kids, i.e. me, went to go see A New Hope and are still buying shit to this day? That's where they make their money at. As long as... That's the reason... Animated films have done so well because they're not just for kids. Adults can go see them and still enjoy their two hours while their kid is fucking entertained. So, therefore, don't give me that shit of why these movies suck so bad. All right? So, I had to write some shit down. Okay. Um, okay. He's talking about how the force corrects itself. Okay? Okay. Palpatine found out that uh, Anakin was the chosen one, which this is now we know this is wrong. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you about that in a minute. So he can he, he doesn't kill him because if he kills him, what's the force going to do? It's going to correct itself. It's going to create another because it's balance, right? I'm, this is Freddie Prince Jr.'s words, not mine. Okay, and I'm paraphrasing. Go watch the rant. You've probably already fucking seen it. Okay. So he's talking about how it corrects itself. So when Palpatine gets Anakin into the fold, what does the Force do? Wait for it. It gives us twins. It gives us Luke and Leia. Okay? And however, how much ever Luke trains, it makes no difference. He doesn't win because of his training. He wins because the Force wills him to. This isn't my words. This is George Lucas's words. Well, that's the stupidest shit I've ever fucking heard, okay? So, Freddy, if you pick up a comic book, which he said Grey Jedis aren't canon, no argument there, they aren't, okay? But let's just hold on a second. The comic books that Marvel Comics are creating are canon. Anything that happens in those comic books can be brought to the screen, and it's it's canon. It's verbatim. It happened, okay? We found out in Volume 2 of Darth Vader 25, Palpatine created Anakin Skywalker. Okay? he he Darth Plagueis, even though people say the novel's not canon, Palpatine talks to Anakin about Darth Plagueis, 
and about how he learned to manipulate midichlorians to create life. Okay, before issue 25 came out, a lot of people speculated this. Speculated, Freddie. Speculate. Star Wars fans, we do this. We're not kids. We speculate. Okay? So, Palpatine created Anakin. Oh, wait a minute. That blows a fucking hole in your fucking force of correct shit. So, then the force gave us Anakin or uh, Luke and Leia. Okay, let's let's go with that. That sounds better, actually. Okay, and you've always had the rule of two. So, not always, but when Darth Bane started rule of two, why didn't we get uh, twin, force-sensitive twins then? You know, I don't know. Not my words, George Lucas's words. No, these are fi- my fucking words. Okay, um, so that the whole Palpatine... In the force correcting itself, giving this fan, you know, whatever. All right. Um, other movies made for kids. I went over that. Um, oh, and he's like, I can tell you who's going to win in the next movie if you just watch the other movies, but I don't want to spoil it for everybody. Guess what, Freddie? I know who's going to fucking win too. The good guys are going to fucking win because this is an Infinity War. You know what would make a great Star Wars movie is if the good guys didn't fucking win. But this is the fir- this is the 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 one that wraps it all up. And Star Wars fans and kids would fucking go jump off the fucking bridge if uh, Kylo ends up turning Ray to the dark side and rule the fucking universe forever. Okay, but that's not gonna fucking happen because this shit sucks. It's it has sucked. The new movies have sucked. Yes, we are pissed because they are aging with us. We don't want aged stories, Freddy. We want good fucking Star Wars stories like the extended universe has given us. Okay? So it's it's not about that. And you want to talk about Grey Jedi. Yes, there are books that talk about Grey Jedi. He said it was a fan theory. No, Freddy, it's not. They are in Star Wars books. They are in Lucasfilm Arts books. I have one in the next fucking room. I've got a bunch of them, actually. Only one that I have that specifically cite the Book of Wills, which was the basically the Opus Miranda for the Grey Jedi. Not a fan theory, Freddy. Sorry. Maybe Paul, whatever the fuck his name was, could have told you that shit when he was sucking George Lucas's dick. Don't know. All right? So don't, get, don't go on a rant about how Star Wars fans are pissed off because we are pissed off, and it's not because of any of the reasons you fucking said. He was like, everybody wants Darth Maul to win because he looks sick and blah, 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 and he, the video games end up leveling up, and motherfucker, please. Yeah, Darth Maul is sick. He was a, Darth Vader, one of the most iconic enemies or villains of all time, looks pretty fucking sick, and he's pretty badass, especially when you were a fucking seven-year-old kid or six-year-old kid like I was. Watching this movie for the fucking first time. Yeah. And he's like, if you know your Greek mythology, you know the dude's destined to lose. He's going to roll the boulder up and the boulder's going to roll down. He's going to roll it back up. Okay. It, uh, George Lucas knows his Greek tragedies. For one thing, these movies have very little to do with the Greek tragedy. If that's the parallel you're making. There are more Kung Fu and a martial art movie 
uh, parallels in the Star Wars universe than anything. Jedi are samurai, Sith are ninjas. Palpatine is the um, is the is the evil emperor, uh, literally the evil emperor of fucking China. And you've got the samurai battling the Shogun and blah blah. There's way more, even to the hairstyles, the lightsabers, the robes, the pacifists of the Shaolin priests. Come on, man. Greek tragedy, dude. Yeah, I mean, you're bitching it. We agree. We do agree. Star Wars fans are fucking toxic. And I will sit here all day and talk about what a piece of shit the fucking Last Jedi was. Because I feel like Ryan Johnson, a la you, like you, read a couple Star Wars books, seen a movie a couple times, and you decided to make a movie about it, not knowing anything about how the Force actually fucking works. About what has been built on top of the George Lucas stories that all the fans that grew up with the New Hope have had for 25 years or more. Yeah, that's why we're toxic. That's why we're pissed off. Okay? But I agree. We are toxic. We are. And I wish we weren't. But we just want good stories, man. I'll never apologize for that. I'll never apologize for wanting... Uh, the, the hero of my generation, fucking Luke Skywalker, not to be the guy that was going to kill his nephew while he fucking slept. The universe goes to shit and what's he do? He goes to fucking seclusion. But, but, hold on. He left some maps in some places that if somebody wants to find me, they can. But I'm going to be a real dick about it. Even though I kind of started this shit by going to kill my nephew. You know, come on, man. It's garbage. It's fucking garbage. Whatever. Fuck. Fuck you. Fuck you, Freddie Prince. And that's, he was, fuck, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. And I'll kick your ass, motherfucker. You ain't got no fucking shot in hell. You better get a really good fight choreographer and a hypnotist to make you think you could do some of this shit you do in the fucking movies. And it still ain't going to fucking help you. But you call me toxic? I'm. There's a reason I'm fucking toxic. So. Fuck Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, is the moral of the story. Anyway, um, yeah, that's the good talk. Yeah, I went through all that, man. Yeah, so, hey, you know, fuck it. It's my show. I can say what I want. Now, if you like these movies, if you're the casual fan and you like these movies, I feel like Ryan Johnson did some beautiful cinema photography. We see some things in that Star Wars movie we've never seen before. Really, 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 really cool shit. Uh, Story-wise, it was a goddamn fucking train wreck, man. It was a train wreck. And you guys, my listeners, you have seen and heard how I feel about the movie. I did a four-hour podcast with another guy. Two two two-hour podcasts about what we hated about the, The Last Jedi and why we hated it. It's not like I just... Dis, dislike something that they did. There's a reason behind almost everything that I didn't like. Um, and, and and that's why I get upset. Like what you like, guys. Like what you like. If you like these Star Wars movies, fucking, man, that's great. I take it a little more seriously. I look into it a little more deeper. Um, and I, I just, it's it's a genre that I love. It's a, it's a, uh, a, a, a pop culture um entity that has has shaped a lot of kids growing up and you know for freddie prince to say ah it's just for fucking kids um yeah you know i'm that kid man 
And yeah, it's it's getting new kids. And that's why I didn't like about Force Awakens. I felt like it was a rehash of Star Wars. Well, they're trying to get new people on board. That formula worked the first time. Well, that's a piss poor excuse to give me the same fucking story and just re-skin it. And that's what they did in Force Awakens. So, all right. <sighs> this is when you weren't, you wish you weren't drug tested and could smoke weed. Because I would really like to right now to calm the fuck down. But thank you, Freddie Prince Jr. for that. All right. Comic books, right? Hey, kind of got this whole shit started anyways. Comic books. Darth Vader 25. You ain't read it, Freddie. You should fucking read it. All right. Uh, dealing with the Halloween theme, and look, I had all this shit. I get all pissed off, and look, I had all these images. Look, oh, there's Terminator Dark Fate. Oh, that'd have been cool to see. What about this prick right here? Look at this prick. Yeah, look at this guy. Hey, Freddy to angry fans. Fuck you. Fuck you, Freddy. Freddy, Freddy, fucking prick. Your name's Freddy. I mean, come on, shit. All right, had all these images. I got all fucking pissed off. Now I'm fucking losing my shit. All right. Staying with the Halloween theme. And it's not, you know, Halloween's not technically over yet. Uh, It is technically over. What am I saying? All right. Deceased number six by Tom Taylor and Trevor Hairshine. All right, guys. Tom Taylor, you may remember him from um, Injustice. Thank you. Brain fart. Sorry, I'm old. Uh, Tom Taylor um, it, it really hit hit it's something that DC really needed at the time with Injustice. It was basically a story where Joker killed Lois, uh, Superman kills Joker, loses his shit, basically says, I'm taking over the world. So the, the remaining members of the Justice League all kind of band together to take down Superman. Really, really great story. If you've never seen it, you should, you should definitely try to check it out. Uh, he's doing the same exact thing here with Deceased. The anti-life equation has basically been altered uh, Dark Side tried to use Cyborg to infect the world with the anti-life equation. He did, but something happened to it that eventually even killed the Dark Side. So, and uh, Cyborg inadvertently uploaded it to the internet and infected basically the world. So, this issue is the fallout from last issue, which I did talk about on the air where uh, Superman had to take down Flash. Flash got infected. He was running around just infecting people like crazy. I'm telling you, the art has been fantastic. The action has been great. You've always wondered, like, you know, even though it's a little different, but, like, could Superman could Superman catch the Flash? No, he can't. But what he did was, you know, it's a zombie Flash, so he's really not thinking about anything but infecting people. So he ran he he went around the globe from the other direction and ran into Flash head on killing the Flash but also Flash some parts of Flash got embedded in Superman cuz he was running they were both running so fast. So guess what? Now Superman's infected. And that's what made the last issue so special was this 
humanity when Superman basically was trying to fight off the infection and saying goodbye to Lois and to Connor, his son, and everybody. So there's been a really, really good human element to to all this as well. Uh, so now, uh, basically, Wonder Woman has taken the forefront of the resistance because Batman's dead. Batman died like issue one. Spoiler alert. Uh, but it's you need to really see how it happened because it's him dying isn't wasn't the shock. It's kind of how it happened. Um, so Wonder Woman has kind of taken up the, the mantle here, and she has forged a sword from kryptonite and magic, and that was really cool. How they really kind of went back into Wonder, Wonder Woman's roots of of mysticism and magic to create this sword that to stop Superman. I mean, Superman is like fucking people up at an alarming rate okay uh the first page is him running through like flying through a building and just people are like just fucking dead i mean uh and infected so you know super or wonder woman takes up the mantle of the resistance and uh this is the scene here where she is fighting a zombified superman and really giving it to him obviously no pun intended but she gives it to him right here uh just to give you a glimpse of what the artwork looks like it's fantastic i absolutely love 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 this artwork trevor hairshine is really doing it uh, well on this on this title and Tom Taylor is too this is actually like one of my favorite titles right now like when I see it at the comic shop I'm like yes fucking deceased the covers are fucking gorgeous they're doing an homage to old 80s horror films too like the movie posters so if you've seen those variants it's really really cool stuff but this has been a fantastic story and I'm kind of curious where it goes now green arrow has a fantastic moment in this book because batman has a plan which now batman is damien the bat bruce passed the mantle down to damien before he died and bruce had a uh contingency plan for all the justice league members in case they went rogue and he didn't have one for Green Arrow, which really hurt Green Arrow's feelings. First, he's giving Batman shit, and then he realizes that he now he's like, "Hey, wait a minute! He didn't have one of those plans for me." And they're like, "Nah, dude, he didn't." <laughs> Green Arrow was kind of hurt by it. So, and I always think about Stephen Amell when uh, I'm, you know, see Green Lantern uh, uh, issues. So Green Lantern was, it was a great scene with Green Lantern and him versus Aquaman was really cool. You're like, Green Lantern, Aquaman, give me a fucking break. No, no, no. It's really, really cool. Great, great series so far. Uh, they're on number six. Buy the trade or go to your comic shop now and pick them up. They're fantastic. Uh, Marvel Zombies Resurrection, I give us eight and a half. Uh, it's the story progresses. There's no law. Don't get attached to characters. Black canaries become like, besides Wonder Woman, she's like the most powerful. And why is that you say? Well, I'm not going to spoil that for you, but you just need to read it and find out. But it's a great, great book. Now, transferring from DC zombies, we're going to go right to Marvel zombies. And you're like, didn't they already do that? They did. That's the reason this is called Marvel Zombies Resurrection. Okay. Uh, this is another story written by uh, uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson. Um, and, you know, again, going to be on the show. So very, very excited about that. He's going to be on the show uh, in December. 
But uh, this is a fantastic story. Like first issue, first issue's got to grab you. And I'm going to talk about first issue here in a minute that didn't, that I was very disappointed in. But first issues need to grab you. Now, the artwork is really, really good. Uh, it is done by Leonard Kirk, which I'm really not familiar with, but uh, it looks it looks pretty good. I'm not going to lie. And I'm going to show you some of it right here. Uh, so to set the scenario for you, Reed Richards has found Galactus. Galactus is floating out in space. They don't know why. He's not moving. They don't know if he's dead or something's wrong with him. But, you know, basically Reed's like, hey, there's a bunch of scenarios. We need to know what's going on. So he gets the X-Men, the Avengers, uh, some heavy hitters to go up into space and find out what's going on. Well, Wolverine um, has... He recognizes a scent, but he can't quite place it. So uh, the initial call came from Carol Danvers. So Carol Danvers is calling Reed Richards to come up here. I need you to check it out. But the, the transmission is real squawky. Well, when they get there, they find out that Galactus is dead. And while they're inside Galactus, they find not only Carol Danvers zombified, but many other cosmic heroes. And when I say... The Silver Surfer, Gladiator from the Shihara Empire. I mean, this is a knockdown drag out issue. And you're like, holy shit, who's going to fucking make it out? And uh, it, they're doing a lot of the same stuff they're doing in Deceased, uh, but it's Marvel. And it we like good shit. Right, Freddie Prince? We just like good stories, man. This is a very, very cool story. A very cool take on if superheroes became infected with some type of virus. Now, who this is, I don't know, but Wolverine's like, it can't be you, and Carol is talking to him like she, like, who whatever's inside of Carol and these zombies, they're talking to Wolverine like, yeah, you do know me, and you're all fucked. So, a story to play out, right? But there's a lot of great action, uh, really, really cool scene between Thor and Gladiator, who would win that fight, you know? Um, so, and, and that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of these who would win between so-and-so and, you know, you've got, uh, zombie superheroes. I mean, what's better than that, especially around Halloween time, right? So, um, zombie resurrection, very, very cool original take on, on the zombie genre and comic books. Uh, I dig it. Philip Kennedy Johnson. Again, this dude is fucking hot. He's the next Donnie Cates. Uh, he's doing a lot of stuff and this was his Marvel, um, entry this week and uh very very good i give it a solid eight check it out you're going to uh, you're going to dig it man you're you guys are going to love it all right um and staying with the the halloween theme this is a book man that i've been looking forward to for a long time this is part of dc's black label uh line it's more for adults uh horror has really really gotten hot in comic books uh was something's killing the children gideon falls um uh the the zombie titles you know all kind of horror related so uh this joe hill uh this is by joe hill and leo max leo max did the art i'm not familiar um and it's i, I don't want to say uninspired because everybody can draw better than me but it's just uh it's to say it's just okay it's not distracting that it's so bad, it's just nothing to write home about. But um, so, basket full of heads. Um, 
it's basically about a basket full of heads. No, it starts out, you've got this basket with these heads in it, and they're talking to each other. And she's over a bridge, and then it cuts to two weeks prior. So now we've got a cop, a girl, his girlfriend, some escaped convicts. Uh, we find out that the sheriff has a past of, of like a Viking heritage, and he's got these Viking artifacts. And in you can see this axe that she has in this cover. He has this axe in a trophy case. And when she looks at it, I guess when she looks away, it like there's a like a red streak that comes through it. I don't know. Um, for a first issue, like I said earlier, first issue's got to grab you, man. Like this thing was three ninety nine, four bucks. So you, dude, for me to pay another four dollars, you gotta give me something. Basket full of heads really gave me nothing. Uh, this Joe Hill guy, apparently, he's like some acclaimed horror writer. I don't know. Again, I've said it on this show upteenth million times. These guys that come from novels and like, or you know, uh, from the literary world, I'll say they 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 need to understand they don't have a thousand pages to tell their story. You got twenty something pages to get me hooked. Uh, you're a crack you're you're a crack dealer, man. Give me the free sample. You got to give me the fucking free sample so I come back. You got to give me something for my four bucks. You gave me nothing. I can't even buy it for the art because the art's not that good. So, basket full of heads, not great. I'm gonna give it a five. Um, I see that there could be good story there, but I'm assuming that. And you should have gave me more from a first issue. And I'm getting ready to get to two first issues here in a minute that nail it. That fucking nail it when it comes to getting me hooked and making me want to put your book in my pull list every every month. So, basket full of heads. I would pass on it, guys. Uh, now, I'm going to give it three issues. That's kind of my thing. I read, I read, I'll read the first three issues. If it doesn't grab me in three issues, then it's done. So, uh, to be continued, I guess, is uh, what I'll say on Basket Full of Heads. Uh, get your shit together, Joe Hill. All right. The next book is um, straight, you know, the X-Men are hot, man. The X-Men are so fucking hot right now coming off of Powers of X or 10, however you want to say it, or in House of X. Um, so, now Excalibur is... These are the magic users or the mystical kind of people in the mutant realm. And what made me want to get this issue is Apocalypse is in this issue. And he's the most fascinating in this. He has changed his role. Uh, he's more of like a, like a philosopher or a teacher now. Um, and, you know, his whole thing is about evolving, uh, survival of the fittest and all that, right? So I was very curious on how Apocalypse is going to play in this group of heroes. Well, th this issue's pretty good as far as getting it out. We've got a lot of stuff with old Excalibur, with Captain Britain, Betsy Braddock, Psylocke. Um, you know, you've got Rogue, you've got Jubilee, Gambit. Um, so you've got a pretty good mix of heroes. But there's a lot of stuff that uh, if I wasn't familiar with Excalibur, which I'm not... I got lost in, and I'm lost. I'm lost in this book from some of the things that happen. There's a Betsy Braddock that's Captain Britain, and Psylocke was talking about running into somebody who, she, I guess, her and Kawanin are the same person. 
very confusing. And they gave me nothing through the story to kind of shed light on why this is a problem. Uh, Jason says, I'm afraid that Marvel didn't learn from their lesson from the 90s when they have too many titles. Yeah. Um, again, the only thing that intrigued me about this was Apocalypse. Now, will I keep this book? I doubt it. I am going to read three issues of it, but I doubt I keep it just because, I, I, I don't know, it was it was cool, but it wasn't cool enough for that purchase once a month. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, But we'll see. We'll see. I really love the Krakoa dynamic. You've got Morgan LeFray entering. Uh, you got Lance, you know, Lancelot. Captain Britain has been kind of taken over by Morgan LeFay. So there's a lot of stuff going on, a lot of cool stuff going on. It's just not great. Um, I give it a seven. It's got got potential just because of all the Krakoa mutant stuff going on. I kind of can't get enough of that storyline right now. And this is kind of an extension of that. But we'll see if that lasts. All right, guys. Uh, time for my pick of the week. Uh, it's going to be real shocking what I pick here. But uh, I've got reasons. And hey, hey, hey Freddie Prince, uh, when you can back your shit up with reasoning, uh, you're never wrong, right? All right. Um, all right, I'm going to make this just a little bit bigger for you guys because this is a gorgeous. It's gorgeous. All right, not because he's getting ready to be on the show in December, but the second outing this week for Philip Kennedy Johnson is The Last God, another DC Dark Label uh, title. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. All right. Did you ever want a George R.R. Martin-ish Game of Thrones comic book? You got it. Uh, that's uh, I'm, I'm going to try my best to describe what's going on here. When Phillip's on the show, I'm going to let him take it away. He can probably explain this a lot better. This thing is rooted in lore. Okay? Brief, brief synopsis that I can give you. There was a tale... Okay, a tale that everybody in the land believes about a dark staircase where the last God resided. He wanted to kill all human beings. The king and his entourage, his group, took the fight to him and killed him. I think his name's Elon or something like that. The names are really hard to pronounce. So I'm really glad he's coming on the show so he can pronounce some of these names so I don't continue to mispronounce them. I'll still mispronounce them. We all know how to do it. Uh, but so, um, the last God, so the King kills this God. Now he saved the land ever. He's revered. So the next thing we see is, you know, they're in the gladiatorial arena and this gladiators fighting. He's won. If he wins this fight, it'll be 60 in a row. He gets his freedom. All he wants is to be part of the King's army. Like he's the King. I'll do whatever he fucking wants me to. My goal is just to, 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 be in his army and fight his fight. Well, the queen notices something in his ear. His ear is like, it's either cut or deformed. I don't know. She obviously recognizes him as somebody that from her past, she's like throwing back in the fucking pits. And they're like, whoa, it's the law. She's like, I don't give a fuck. Throw him back in the pits. So uh, this, and then I, I, I can't give everything away. I just don't want to give everything away because this book has a lot of twists and turns. Um, the art is fucking gorgeous. Make a long story short, the last God is not dead. He is back and he's wrecking havoc on this land. 
Okay, now when I say seeped in lore, I mean you've got all these different class of people and there's these things called the grass eaters. And even though there's one right beside the queen, they people do not like them. And even when the gladiator, his, his, his freedom has been taken away from him, the grass eaters like... Because he killed, he did not kill anybody in his 60 wins. And they were like, why didn't you kill him? And he goes, I figure it was, it was greater not to. Like, it's too easy to kill him. I defeated him without killing him. That's harder to do. And he says something else. And the gladiator says, raise your sword up to me and I'll show you, grass eater. Like, I'll show you that I can kill people. So I'm like, whoa, what is that about? You know what I mean? There's so many of those moments in this comic where you're like, holy shit, I've got it right here. Look. Yeah. See, I got mine. And uh, if you haven't already picked it up, good luck. Because it is sold out everywhere. Because uh, I was going to get multiple copies. And I didn't. Uh, because it's sold out everywhere. Um, I hope to get an autographed one, but we'll, we'll, we'll wait on that. But I want to show you this artwork. It's very Asad Rabikish. And what I mean by that is, you know, the, the artist from Thor, uh, God of Thunder, and King Thor going on right now. But this is, this is the, they're, they're called the flowers. And the, the flowers, like, they, this is what they do to people. This is a very fantasy horror type of comic book. And again, Horror is a big thing right now in comics. It's a it's a trend. Philip Kennedy, I mean, dude, we've got songs that are rooted deep into a lore here. Like a lot of people do language, like language has its basis. This series is more about like the songs that people sing. So it's it's so cool. It's layered. It's a ton of layers in this comic. But for a first issue, it's got me hooked. It's got great action. It's got great artwork. It's got story that I want to learn more about. That's what that's what some of these writers not getting. Like this is a first issue, dude. Hit me over the fucking head and make me go, "What the fuck? Just what did I read?" Even if it's bizarre, that's okay. Just get me thinking about it. I went and read this thing twice, and I need to read it again. That's how deep and layered it is. Now, is it eventually going to become too much if you, I don't start getting answers? Absolutely. And maybe we'll get some of that that out of Philip uh, when he comes on the show on the 7th. But you're not going to want to miss that show. But The Last God, my pick of the week, it's fantastic. Um, if you're looking for something a little bit heavier than your typical comic book, this is it. And it's very interesting, and I think you guys will dig it uh, for the same reasons that I do. Okay, now, my next book was from the week before last, and I've been trying to read, like, um, oh, I don't know, like weird books for you guys. Not, not necessarily weird, but maybe off the beaten path. And this is from a, a comic publisher called Vault. Okay, um, Vault Publishing, I've never heard of it before, um, and it's called Money Shot. Now, as I was looking for these books, I was kind of like, what is that? That looks interesting. Money Shot, right? We all know what that is, okay? So, I'm like, I'm going to read it. I'm going to check it out. Now, Money Shot is written by Tim Seeley, who has done Hack and Slash and Revival, two big hits. I've never read him, but he's done a lot of good shit. 
uh, Rebecca Isaacs was also she's also the artist. Uh, she's done like some of her big stuff is like Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's not terrible as you'll see. I'll show you here in a minute. Okay, so the basis. You've got a future society that all they care about is being entertained. Watching viral videos and trying to go viral on videos and making money on the internet. Sound familiar? <laughs> so anyway, I'm not gonna go to the I'm not gonna go to the extremes that these group of scientists go. So, and yes, they are scientists and they are trying to get their project funded by the research that they need. They're really they're 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 creating new ways of intergalactic travel. Like a lot of people don't even give a fuck anymore because yeah, uh, Jason says, "Are you sure this is a future society?" Yeah, exactly. Well, so when they get to space, what these scientists have thought about is, "Hey, we'll fund our projects by fucking aliens." And that's what they do. So, here and like um, I'll show you this. This is pretty cool. Hey, so this is a scene where on a webcam or they stream on Twitch, who knows, but she fucks this alien. And actually they had like this foursome going on right here with this fish guy. Okay. And at the bottom, you'll see it ranked at a 6.5. Well, 6.5 ain't going to fucking do it. So. The main scientist, I can't remember her name, but she's like, what? I just, I had a fish thing in my mouth. I don't even know. I'm not even sure it was a penis. And it's funny. It's satirical. It's kind of lifelike. Like Jason said, are we sure this is a future society? Like, are we far from this? You know, these scientists, they're brilliant scientists. And this one dude, the dude up here in the top, the kind of the muscular dude, the bald-headed guy, you know, like when she brings the idea to these scientists, they're like, you're out of your fucking mind. We're not doing that shit. And he's like, I'm in. I have a fucking awesome penis and the fucking world will get to see it. And I'll get to fund my my black hole, you know, uh, diverter drive or whatever the fuck he's trying to fund, man. But he's like, my, my penis is beautiful and the world's going to see it finally. I mean, he was all in. Uh, the other ones kind of took some coaxing. But uh, but then, you know, there is a bigger story at play. I don't want to ruin it. Uh, but, you know, them fucking a bunch of alien life might have a, a, maybe a negative effect toward the end, you might think, huh? So it's curious to see how they get out of it. But uh, this was a very cool first issue. And granted, would I have bought it if it wasn't? It didn't say money shot. Probably not. But the art's pretty good. There's neg- no, I mean, I get to see titties. I get to see. Well, you don't get to see fish dicks, which I would buy a comic that had fish dick in it. Um, but yeah, you don't get to see any dick actually. Which probably it's cool. That's cool by me too. But you know, they're they're. This is a very adult book, obviously. But uh, Vault Comics, man, I think it's. Uh, I, I think you got a hit, and uh, I could see this becoming an HBO show. Or Hulu or, or something. Uh Epics. Uh it could be this could be a TV show very easily with the right cast and just it'd be funny, you know, and it's really, really cool. Check it out. Money shot by Tim Seeley and um it's a number one. And again, guys, these number ones, they gotta grab you. And the last two I talked about really, really did grab me. And Philip Kennedy's uh Zombie Resurrection as well. Fucking fantastic comics. 
All right, guys. Um, it is Friday night, and I do have some plans. So uh, I'm going to cut out of here. That's all the comics I have for you. Uh, guys, if you have not hit the like or subscribe button, please do that. That really helps me out. Uh, and I'm also going to be doing stuff with the nerds from work. And we're going to be doing a lot more in the, in the future. Be looking for the My Mandalorian show coming up. Um, and the next time the Watchmen comes on, I think I'm going to stream right after it just to talk about the episode because I'm really, really loving this Watchmen show. I think I just want to, uh, I just want to talk about it and, uh, you know, you guys can join the chat and talk about the show with me. I'd really appreciate that. Check me out on anchor Facebook. Um, anchor is a podcasting format. It's really, really cool. Allows me to do some different things. So check that out. And, um, Guys, if you follow me on any of the social medias, let me know that you're following me. Uh, if you know somebody that might like that might like my content, give give them a shout, give them a share, uh, sh- uh, share a link to them uh, for the Twitch page. Um, but I really appreciate you guys being with me on a Friday night. Awesome! Please, please, please be checking the Facebook for the Philip Kennedy Show. Uh, it is going to be no- December 9th. Uh, I'm sorry, November 9th. I said December earlier. It's November 9th. The month, I can't believe it's already November, guys. This is crazy. Uh, but November 9th, uh, it's going to be a Saturday. And uh, very, very super fucking pumped about having Philip Kennedy Johnson on the show. And I have a great story on how I met this guy. But I'm saving it. I'm saving it for the show because you've got to hear the story. And then you'll know exactly what kind of cat we're dealing with, man. All right, guys. Thank you so much. And, guys, the world is crazy out here. I mean, just turn on the fucking news. People getting shot. People getting ran over. Just the other day at the the Walgreens up behind me here, uh, a kid that worked in the pharmacy was beaten to death. Uh, and, and by everybody that works at the pharmacy and the, and the store, a really, really, really good kid. So uh, I don't know the details, uh, but it doesn't matter. He didn't deserve to die like that. So what I'm saying is be careful. Treat people like you would want to be treated. Uh, the world's crazy enough, but if we can pay it forward just a little bit, we make the world a better place. Just one, one good deed at a time. All right, guys, for that, Blazing Defenders out. Peace. Peace.